I'm sure most of you remember that significant day in your life. Uh, hopefully it was only one day of your life, but it was that day that you had to go take your road test in order to get your driver's license. Anyone remember that day? Yeah, I got my driver's license in upstate New York, and, uh, and, and there the rules are simple. You just got to go and get a five-hour course and do the written test, and then you can sign up for your road test, and that was it. I mean, that was pretty simple, and I think here, I think you have to take, like, driver's ed, don't you, and pay a bunch of money for it and stuff. Uh, yeah, not in upstate New York, um, and so, I, but I, I got to be honest, I was nervous that day about my road test. Uh, not nervous because I, I didn't think I could drive, but nervous because I found out the person, the instructor uh, that kind of sits with you. You know that person that just sits there and she like kind of just uh, watches you and takes notes and grades you as you're driving on your road test. I had heard that she was just an angry person. Like her MO was she's going to fail you first and then you're going to have to come back and take it a second time. My friends warned me. They said, you know, Seth, hey, don't, you know, don't worry about it. If you fail your first time, it's not you, it's her. But if there's anything uh, you need to know about me, I hate to fail. Anyone else there, you just hate failing? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably why I did homework in school. Not because I was intrigued by the content necessarily, because I just didn't want to fail. You know, I hate failing. I was that kid in Little League that uh, if I struck out, I came back to the bench and I just sat there and cried, right? Because I didn't, I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to do it. And so I thought to myself, I said, hey, you know what? Um, I'm going to do the responsible thing. I'm going to go out and I'm going to practice before my road test. Anyone do that just before you took your road test? Yeah, so I said, Mom, would you come with me? I, I see if I can get a, you know, a couple minutes in before I go and do this thing. And we're driving along in our town, and uh, we're at this stop sign. And all of a sudden, uh, this car pulls up next to us, like right next to us. And there's a young girl driving the car, but it's the lady in the passenger seat of the car that motions to us to roll down our window. And so I roll down the window, and I say, ma'am, you know, is there anything I can do to help you? And she looks at me, and she says, are you practicing for your road test? I thought it was a prophetic word or something. I don't know what. I mean, I was like, wow, that was pretty good. You know, and so I said, well, yeah, I am. Uh, actually, and she goes, well, if you had read your handbook, you would know that there are certain roads in this town that are prohibited from you to practice your road test on. I will see you in a few minutes. I'm guessing you know who that was. And so, I mean, in moments like that, too, it's good to have your mom there. You know, because she encourages you. I looked over. She's crying. She's like, baby, I'm so sorry. Like, you just failed, you know. And, and so I, uh, you know, we, we, I almost didn't go. I almost like, oh, I can't do this. I'm, I, you know, I thought I was getting ahead. Now I'm behind. And so I go, I go and I park where I need to park. And a few minutes later, uh, she comes back with this, this girl. Uh, she's out of, she gets out of the car and she's crying. Uh, she just failed. Her dad's consoling her. And this woman just, she just gets out of that car and comes and sits in the passenger seat of my car. And she's just, she's mad. I mean, it's just, and she doesn't say a word to me. And I look over and she's taking notes. And she's one of those angry writers. You know what I'm talking about? Like, they're just mad at the paper, right? And I, I kind of glance over and I notice a list of names and next to the names are F, 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 F. There's no P for pass. And I'm just thinking to myself, oh, great. This is just, this is a waste of time. I look over. My mom's on the sidewalk. I'm like, pray for me. And she's like, she's like, yeah, I got you. You're good to go. And so we're sitting there and it seems like forever. And all of a sudden she turns to me and she says, hey, uh, do you have your five-hour course slip? Now, that's what she said. What I heard was, do you have five dollars? 
And so I'm, I start to panic even more. I'm like, I didn't know there was a cost to this thing, you know, and I'm starting to rifle through my wallet and I, I don't have a $5 bill. I have 10s, I have 20s, I have hundreds. Uh, I don't have, I'm 16, I haven't seen a $100 bill yet. I'm just kidding, but I'm rifling through and I finally, I finally get a $10. I'm shaking at this time, right? I'm shaking and I look over and I'm just kind of, she's got her head down. I'm, Ma'am, I'm so sorry, but do you have change for a 10? And she looks at me with the shock on her face, like, what is wrong with you? And all of a sudden, the unexpected thing happens. She just bursts out laughing, like just laughing at me. And I got to tell you something. God works in mysterious ways, church, because I passed that day. It changed the atmosphere of that car. But some of us, we go through experiences like that, don't we, where we had those moments in our life where it was unexpected. It was an unexpected place. It was an unexpected time where the right word was spoken and it changed everything. Anyone ever have an experience like that? Or you just kind of didn't see it coming? Like, I didn't expect that to happen here, but it did, and it changed your circumstance. It altered the atmosphere of a situation. It may have shifted something in you that you didn't even know needed to be shifted in you. Anybody experienced some, something like that where you had something spoken over you, and maybe at the time you were a little bit ignorant to the power of that word, and you look back on it and you say, wait a second, that was significant. That shifted something in my life. Have anyone ever experienced something like that maybe you haven't given a word like that uh, maybe you've received a word like that I know this past week I had a similar experience uh, this past weekend last weekend in Halifax uh, it was after church and and a couple of us from church said hey we're gonna go out and we're gonna go get some wings and watch the football game the Patriots were playing and uh, I said oh sweet let's go and so we were going out and it was one of those dark nights you know and it's rainy and it's it, you just can't see and I was backing out of my driveway and all of a sudden boom I hit my neighbor's car. It was right behind me. I didn't even see it. I hit my neighbor's car, and I'm like, oh, great. Some of you are like, you got your driver's license? Seriously, Seth? Like, great. look much, right? And so uh, I, I pull out, and of course I look over. Right in the fender is this massive, massive dent in this car. And I'm thinking, oh, this is terrible. So I walk up there. I'm all depressed. I'm wearing my Tom Brady Patriots jersey, which is an oxymoron, right? I mean, depressed Patriots fan? That's just weird, right? So I go up. I knock on the door, and wouldn't it be the worst time to deliver this news? They're putting up their Christmas tree as a family, right? They're putting up this Christmas, and there's the Grinch coming to tell you, you have some bad news, right? And so, uh, so they're putting up this Christmas tree, and, uh, and on top of that, the lady who answers the door is on her telephone, and she doesn't get off of it. She just keeps talking, looking at me. And I said, ma'am, you might want to get off your phone for this. I got something to tell you. And she just keeps talking. I'm like, okay, fine, you, you asked for it. I just hit your car. And she just kind of like, all of a sudden the phone, the lady you can hear is still talking, and she just kind of ignores it. And she goes, all of a sudden she looks at me, and I thought, I thought, oh, she's going to give it to me now. And she goes, she looks at me, she goes, are you okay? Are you, are you okay? You're not hurt? I said, no, I'm not hurt, not at all. What are you talking about? She's, oh, thank goodness. I'm so glad you're not hurt. I said, like, I just hit your car. Like, there's a big dent in it. She said, oh, don't worry about it. You're okay. Don't let it ruin your night. Go Patriots, right? I just didn't expect it, right? It's, it's, it's. In the unexpected places, at the unexpected times, where the right word comes and it shifts everything in your life. And I'm willing to bet if you're a person of faith or you've encountered God, you've been walking with him, there has been a moment in your life where God has met you, whether he's come and knocked on your door, you've knocked on his, where there was an exchange, something happened and you just did not see it coming. Maybe your life was a mess. 
And you identify with the lady who is caught in adultery in the book of John. And the Bible says that she's caught in the act and she's drugged out into the middle of the street. And there are men surrounding her ready to stone her. And then Jesus waltzes in and you think that he's going to grab a stone like everybody else and judge you. But instead he looks at you and says, you're forgiven. And you didn't see it coming. Maybe, maybe you're a person in your life that people have started to avoid you. They started to crowd you out and really for good purposes and good reasons because you've been, not been the most honest of people to the people around you. And so you're just kind of part of the crowd now. No one wants to spend time with you. And then Jesus shows up and he does what he does to Zacchaeus in the Gospel of Luke and says, Hey, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. And you didn't see it coming. You know, this doesn't happen every day, but it does happen some days. It was an unexpected place, an unexpected time, but God brought a word in in that moment. And I want to, can I say something bold today? Uh, For someone here, I believe today is going to be your day. I do. I believe today is going to be your day. Because you see, God operates like this a lot. I don't know if you've noticed that, but God will just sort of drop in out of nowhere in unexpected times and unexpected places and come in and say, hey, I got a word for you. If you've been with us for the last couple weeks in this series, you notice that God hasn't just done this once. He's actually done it twice. Last week, Pastor Brent was telling us, uh, one of the things he said to us is God had not spoken in like 300 years. And all of a sudden, this guy named Zechariah, a priest, is in the temple. And what happens? God shows up and says, hey, I got a word for you, Zechariah. You need to go get a Costco membership because you got to go buy some diapers and some wipes, man. You're having a baby boy. And he's like, what? Come again? I'm old, right? And then again, we just read a couple minutes ago, God does the exact same thing, except God drops into the living room of a young girl by the name of Mary and says, I got a word for you. And the word is this, you are highly favored. Now, I don't know about you, but I think this is incredible. And what I want to do for the few minutes that I had today is I don't want to really talk about the fact that God speaks profound words to people, because I think we get that. I think we understand that. But what I want to talk about today is this. I want to talk about whom God is actually willing to speak to. Because here's what I believe. I believe that there are some of you here today, and because of your circumstance, or because of your past, or because of some failure, or because of some uh, category that the world has put you in that is unfitting, and because those things have been so loud and so dominant in your life, you have perceived yourself for most of your life as someone who has been disqualified from God ever visiting you and saying something significant about you. Anybody feel like that some days? God, really me? Do you know my life? Do you know my circumstance right now? And my hope is today is the last time that ever crosses your mind. Because we see this right here in this passage in Luke chapter 1. God comes to Mary in this passage and he says to her, you are highly favored. Now sometimes this gets kind of lost in translation as we hear about the announcement of Jesus. But this is earth shattering that the Lord would actually come and speak to Mary of Nazareth. Now, some of you are like, well, okay, where is this going, Pastor? But first and foremost, the fact that God is in Nazareth should be shocking enough. The Bible says in a different place that nothing good comes from Nazareth. Why would God show up there? 
Another, another important thing is this. He's speaking to Mary. Now, some of you are like, wow, Mary, she's kind of this beautiful person. But at the time, Mary, who because of her gender is considered more property than she is person, who because of her upbringing is unread, she is uneducated, she doesn't have a lot, of, a lot of things that she knows, who because of her inexperience, she doesn't have a job, she has nothing to show for. This is young Mary we are talking about. Some scholars think that she's about 14 years old. This is Mary. This is Mary who lives down the street from you, but sits next to you in your ninth grade science class, Mary. And God just shows up in her living room and says, hey, you are, you are highly favored. Now, I don't know about you, but I find this astonishing. Like, even considering the fact that last week, Gabriel was in the temple talking to a priest in Jerusalem. You would think that that guy is favored. Am I right? But the Bible says that last week that the angel never once told the priest that he was favored. In fact, the reason the angel comes is because Zechariah has been praying Luke 1 and Zechariah's story says this, this is what the angel said to him. Just to recall it, he says, don't, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. How many of you believe that God honors persistent praying? Anybody? How many of you know that God loves, loves it when you pester him? Right? When we get to Mary's story, do you notice something? She's not praying. She's not expecting. The Bible says Gabriel just kind of comes in and does a B and E. Anyone know what a B and E is? It's not bacon and eggs. I love bacon and eggs. But B&E is like breaking and entering. It's breaking the law. You can't, you can't just break into someone's home. But the angel does. Don't you love the fact that our God just breaks through sometimes? He just breaks through and drops the word. Nothing's going to stop him. Gabriel comes in. He does a B&E. And he says, you are highly favored. Someone needs to hear that today. You are highly favored. What's he saying? He's saying out of, out of all the people in the world, you've been favored. You've been chosen. You've been selected. You have exceeded all the rest. You are in a category all by yourself. You are highly favored. Theologically, this means you've been highly graced. You see, to be favored means to be graced. It is the type of grace that sets you apart. There's someone here today, I know it, that needs to hear this over their life. You are highly favored. But the question I want to ask us today is this, will you receive it? Will you receive that word today? That's the first that's the first point. If you're taking notes, I have 3 Rs and the first R is this, receive it. Receive it and receive it by faith too. You got to receive it by faith. You see whenever God gives a word, understand something, it takes faith to believe it. Did you know that? It takes faith to believe Something God tells you. Last week we saw Zachariah struggled with the word that God brought to him. It says he struggled to believe. He struggled to have faith. Why? Because he struggled to see what God was wanting to do in his life that he couldn't see. That's why faith is so important because faith helps us see things that we can't see. You know what? Like for instance, like I don't need faith to know that I'm a guy. I don't need faith for that. I don't need faith to know I'm 34 years old. I don't need faith to know that I have wife, a wife and two kids. I don't need faith to know what I do know. I need faith to know what I don't know. 
You see, that, that's why God tells you something in the first place, because he's going to tell you something you don't know about yourself. And so he drops in to this young girl and says, Mary, you are highly favored. And he tells her that because she doesn't know that about herself. You see, sometimes, most of the time, when God gives a word, it is often a contradiction of your circumstance and the way that you see yourself. And so he comes in and he says, Mary, you are highly Favored. Notice what the angel doesn't say. He doesn't say, hey, you're going to be highly favored. He's saying you're highly favored right now. You are highly favored right now. But how many of you, if we're honest today, you find that it's hard to receive? Anybody? Like sometimes it's hard to receive a word from God. I know for me sometimes it's been hard to do that and to live into that. Because I think sometimes, you know, in my own mind, like, God, are you sure? You see my life lately? You know, you see my circumstances lately. I mean, my mindset, you know, almost forbids me from ever hearing something significant spoken over my life. In fact, uh, Mary struggles with this. Look at verse 29 again. It says, she was confused and she was disturbed. That's weird. Like the angels just came and said, hey, uh, you're favored. And you're confused and you're disturbed. It says Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. You understand her mindset here. And the reason she has a mindset like this is because her reality is telling her something far different. I shouldn't be favored. I'm this young girl. I'm just property. I'm 14 years old. And, and it goes on and we see her reality in verse 34. She goes, after the angel says, hey, you're going to have a baby. He's going to be the son of the most high. Look at verse 34. She says, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. <laughs> I don't have a man in my life. How can this be? You know, one of our biggest problems, I believe, in receiving a word from the Lord is that we all still need a man. I'm not talking about a relationship with a man. I'm talking about the validation of man. Like, if man doesn't validate me, how can it be so? Right? I mean, I mean how can I be blessed when the world tells me that my life is cursed? Like, how can I be rich when my banker keeps telling me I'm poor? Like, how can I be well when my doctor keeps telling me that I'm sick? How can I have peace in my life when my family is dysfunctional? How can I be joyful when my circumstance tells me I should be depressed? And I wonder if there's someone here today, someone in the crowd or someone online right now who is listening, that you are caught in a difficult place. You are caught in a difficult uh, relationship right now. Listen, you don't need faith to know that. You need faith for what you don't know. What you don't know is God is saying to you, you you are highly favored. Amen? You are highly favored. Receive it. Can I, can I just preach for a moment here? Let me just preach for a moment. Hey, listen, this should bring you some good news. God doesn't need a committee. God doesn't need a board. He doesn't need a man. You don't have to organize it. You don't have to authorize it. No one needs to notarize it. You don't have to pass a test. You don't need someone to vote on you. You don't need to be credentialed. Listen, when God says it, it settles it. You are highly favored. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that my God speaks a better word over my life than any organization or any other person. Amen? Amen. I believe that. Receive that today. You are highly favored. Receive that. Here's the second R is this. After you receive, recite it. Recite it. After receiving, you start reciting. What's it mean to recite something, by the way? Uh, to recite something actually means to speak it out loud, oftentimes in front of an audience. Uh, I see a lot of moms here today. 
uh, and, and parents, uh, how many of you have kids that play an instrument or they're in dance or they sing or they do something? What do, you, what do you go to often? You go to a recital, right? Some of you are like, oh, yeah, that's right. My kid's Christmas recitals this week. i got to write that down. i got to make sure I'm there, right? Anyone have a love-hate relationship with recitals, by the way? Like, you love them because my kid is playing the piano up there, but you hate it because they only have two minutes and you have to sit there for two hours and listen to everybody else, right? Right? But reciting is important. We do it more than we think. I mean, I, I remember I was thinking about it this past week, and I grew up in the States, and one of the things we did every single day is we recited the Pledge of Allegiance. You know, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, just over and over and over. Why would we do that? Why do we recite things in our life? And here's what I believe. I believe we recite things over and over because when we do it, it increases something in our life. I think recitation is God's natural way of giving us something to be able to elevate something in our life. Does that make sense? I think that's why God constantly tells us in his word, not only just tells us, he commands us to, he commands us to meditate on his word. You know what meditate means in the Bible? It means to chew. It means to kind of just chew it over and over and over. It really means to recite it over and over and over. Why do you think God does that? I think, I think it's because of this. I think there's a lot of reasons, but I think it's because of this. I think because life is going to happen, and sometimes life punches, punches you in the mouth, and you're going to need something to hang on to. Because I know I've lived long enough. I know this. There have been times in my life where I needed to elevate myself with God's word because if I didn't do it, no one else was going to. And so God gives you a word to hang on to so that you can recite it over and over that some of us, we need to take the word of God and we need to stir it in our lives because if we don't, no one else is going to be able to do it for us. We see this in the, in the life of David. And in 1 Samuel chapter 30, I think, he, David is by himself and he's hanging out in this cave. And the Bible says that there are people around him after his life talking about stoning him. And it goes on to say that they were bitter in spirit toward him. But then it goes on to say that David strengthened himself in the Lord. What an amazing thing to hear. He strengthened himself in the Lord. This is David. This is, this is a, a man after God's own heart, probably someone who has a lot of favor on his life, needing to strengthen himself in the Lord. How did he do that? Just reciting the word of the Lord over himself. God, you said this about me. Uh, it doesn't matter what this reality is telling me. It doesn't matter what they're about to do to me. I'm just going to keep saying it. I'm, 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 I'm your man. I'm the one that you told me. You, you called me into this. I'm your king. I'm all that. And so we have to recite ourselves. We have to recite the word of God in our lives so that we can hang on to it. You see, there's something about favor you need to know. Just because you have God's favor in your life doesn't mean you're never going to experience rejection. There are going to be times in your life where it is going to be difficult even when you have God's favor in your life. Like this is why I think the angel tells Mary she's favored not once but twice. Did you catch that? Look at verse 30. It says, don't be afraid, Mary. Ever wonder why God says don't be afraid? Because God knows that you will be afraid, right? He says, don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. The angel's saying, God, God is going to do something great in your life. There's a blessing coming in your life, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. But how many know sometimes the blessing of God comes with a burden? And sometimes the bigger, bigger the blessing, the bigger the burden. Because all of a sudden, when her baby or when her belly starts to grow and people start to point at her 
and start to say things, oh, yeah, we know, yeah, it was true. Look at her. She's going to have to sit there and say, God, I'm, remember, I'm highly favored. Bible says in another portion of scripture that her husband is silently trying to divorce her. You imagine her sitting there with divorce papers on the table and she's sitting there and she's saying, God, this isn't supposed to happen, but you told me I'm highly favored. She's about to have the baby and we find out later on that there's no room at the end and then she has to go and deliver in a cave and you think about that moment for a woman it's got to be traumatic and yet what she's hanging on to is the word of the Lord when Gabriel showed up that first time and said, hey, I am highly favored. There are times in your life that you have to speak a word to hang on to. I, uh, I carry this with me. I brought it with me today but this is a little journal. And uh, I write down words that people have shared with me about my life that I believe God has given them over my life. And sometimes it's a scripture, sometimes it's a rhema word. Some of you have actually shared some things in my life. And i got to be honest with you, over the last year and a half as we've been planning a church, when discouragement comes, when disappointment comes, this, this is a breath of life. Because I will, I will find, I will be in reality and I'll have to go back and say, God, no, remember you said this? You said this about me. I'm going to stand on this. And God will give you a word, not just so that you can receive it, but so that you can recite it so that when trouble comes, you have something to fight with in the battle. Amen? How many of you are grateful that the word of God doesn't just save you, it actually sustains you, keeps you going? Some of you, you just need to recite it to yourself. I'm highly favored. Like when, you, when the doctor, doctor's report, report comes, I'm highly favored. When the news of the death, love, uh, death, death of a loved one comes, God, I'm, high, I'm highly favored. When the eviction notice comes, I'm highly favored. Lord, remember you said that. When you get laid off, Lord, I'm highly favored. When I'm afraid, I'm highly favored. You see, we don't just receive the word. We've got to recite the word. The third R is this, and we're going to come to a close here in just a moment. The third R is, third R is this. We receive it. We recite it. We need to be reconciled to it. We need to be reconciled to it. What does it mean to be reconciled, by the way? Anyone know? Reconcile, reconciliation means to be in alignment again. It means to be at peace with. Um, it, a good definition would be, uh, it means to kiss and make up. If you're married, you know what reconciliation is, don't you? Right? Uh, and you see, the word isn't just about us receiving and reciting the Bible says that we also have to respond to the word because the word of the Lord is like no other word. The Bible says that the word is living and active, and so it's not just enough to receive it. You have to be reconciled to it. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me say it this way. God has made up his mind about you when he gave you that word. The question is, have you made up your mind about what he has said about you? That's Reconciliation. You have received the word, but has the word received you? That's, that's reconciliation. It's more than just receiving. It's more than just reciting. It's that I'm actually giving myself over to what God just said about me. And we see this in the, in the text. I love this. It's probably my favorite part with Mary after she says to God, hey, listen, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't have a man. Look what the Lord says. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Trust me. Trust my word. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born and will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. Once more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. Don't you love it when you're going through a season, God brings someone else who's going through the same season with you? You don't go through it alone. I love it. 
People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of the Lord will never fail. Trust the word. Trust the word that is spoken to you. You are highly favored. Look at, look at verse 38. Here it is. I am the Lord, Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. What's she saying? She's saying, I'm not just, just going to receive the word. I'm not just going to recite the word. Hey, listen, if, this is, if, if, if that's what this all is, listen, I can just give you a motivational word today that you can go home and you can take with you. And when you need it, you can just pop it out and you can read it to yourself. But the Bible says that we've got to take it a step further. And that's what Mary is doing when she says, may everything that you have said about me come true. This is reconciling. This is aligning my life around what God just said about me. This is being in right relationship to the word. Now, some of you are like, that doesn't make sense. What do you mean? How are you in relationship to a word? Like when my wife says, hey, uh, Seth, clean the dishes. I'm not in relationship to that, right? I kind of, okay, I'll go and do it, right? What's it mean to be in relationship? Here's the thing about favor today, and it's this. Favor is not a thing It's not even a theme. It's not even a gift, really. It's a person. Listen, to be highly favored only happens when you are in the presence of one who is highly favored. Like, I didn't didn't share this other portion of what the angel said to Mary on purpose, but I don't know if you caught this. When the angel comes to her and says to her, hey, Hey, Mary, here I am. Guess what? I got a word for you. You are highly favored. The next statement was this, for the Lord your God is with you. The Lord is with you. What's he saying? He's saying your favor is not wrapped up in you, actually. It's actually wrapped up in the one who's within you. You see, this is where Mary's story is unique like any other human being, right? It's crazy to think about her life. I've been thinking about it all week as we've been preparing for this message, but this is incredible to think about that, that she is literally carrying the one that will someday carry her. Think about that for a moment. But she's actually gonna nurture the one who will end up nurturing her. Like she's gonna raise up this baby who someday is actually going to raise her up. That she's going to give birth to the one who's actually going to birth her. And the angel says on that day, hey, listen, Mary, guess what? I got a word for you. You are highly favored, but she is not favored because Jesus is her son. She is favored because Jesus will be her savior. You see, Mary really in the passage today is a type of person. And I think she represents today really any person at any place at any time. And I think the word that the Lord gave her is a promise and it's an invitation to step into a relationship with the one who is highly favored in Jesus. 
See, the Bible says, Paul says this, he says that Jesus is, he's the first. He is the firstborn of all creation, meaning everything funnels through Jesus. Everything that the Father says about Jesus is available to you and I. He is the firstborn. And so when Jesus is favored, it means it's available to you and I. And some of you are here today, and you're bumping up against the fact that it's hard to receive that today because you're thinking about your life. You're thinking about your circumstances. God, are you sure, really, favor? I don't look favor. Favorable. I don't feel favorable, but listen, some of you need to know this today. You want to know how much God favors you? Look at the cross. The cross shows you how much he favors you. You know, in this Christmas season, I think it's important to remind ourselves that the reason we celebrate Christmas is not because Jesus came in as a cute baby boy in a manger. It's that this cute baby boy in a manger grew up and he became a man. He became the God-man, perfect, spotless, flawless. And he would be the ultimate sacrifice for us who, who are not perfect. We are not spotless. We are not flawless. And by definition, the Bible says we have erred, we have wronged, we have sinned. And he paid the price for all of humanity, even his own mother. Do you see, outside of a relationship with Jesus, we are unfavorable. We are not highly favored. We're least than favored. But because he who had no sin took all of our sin, became the ultimate, took on the ultimate penalty. He died a horrible death. He was buried for three days. He rose again, resurrected, lives and rules and reigns over the earth. He is the savior of the world, church. Listen, Christmas ought to point us to the cross because the cross is where we get our hope. The cross is where we get our joy. The cross is where we get our favor. The cross is where we get our peace. The reason we sing hallelujah is not that a baby is born. There's a baby born every day in St. John. It's because this baby went to a cross for us. And I got good news for you today. He looks to you and I, and he says, you are highly favored. Not that you're going to be highly favored. You are right now. Isn't that amazing? You don't earn favor. Jesus earned it for you. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to strive for it. You don't have to work for it. Listen, that's actually the definition of favoritism. The Bible says God hates favoritism. You know what favoritism is? Favoritism is man-made. Did you know that? Favoritism reeks of self-effort. When you rely on favoritism for a promotion, you rely on brown nosing, you rely on politics, you rely on manipulation, you rely on backstabbing, all kinds of compromises. You have to play the game in order to be favored, but with God, you don't have to play any game. You are favored right now. You are highly graced right now. It is a door that is open to you. It is an invitation to step in. Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 5, verse 2. He says, we have access by faith into this grace. Translate the word grace, and it would say this. We have access by faith into this unmerited favor in which we stand. Gospel of John writes, John chapter 1, verse 12, he says, But to all who believed and all who accepted him, to all who did not just put their faith in him and received a word and recited a word, but those who accepted him, those who aligned themselves, those who became reconciled to him, it goes on to say, has, he has given them to, to, the right to become children of God. Someone needs to hear it today. You're highly favored. You are highly favored. 
That's grace. This is grace on your life. A.W. Tozer wrote this. He says, grace is the pleasure of God that inclines him to bestow benefits on the undeserving. Some of you here today, you feel like you're undeserving of God's grace. Some of you feel like, I can't be favorable. What are you talking about? And you need to hear today, you are highly favored by the Most High God. Some of you came in here today, you were expecting to go to church. Maybe today is your unexpected place. This was the unexpected time. But God has a word for you. It's for you today. He's saying to you, man, you are graced. Highly favored you are. I know you don't see it in yourself. I know your reality tells you something else, but you got to receive it. Receive it today. Receive it today. Be reconciled to it. Go more. Go, go beyond just taking it and going home. Don't leave it here. The Bible says, you are highly favored, Mary. The Lord is with you. Some of you need to step into that relationship today. You need to be in relationship with him today. I'm going to ask everyone, would you stand? And as you stand, would you just bow your head and close your eyes? And I'm just wondering today, I'm wondering today if, if this is the moment for you, if today is the day for you. We're going to pray in just a moment, but if you just bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment, is there anyone here today saying, hey, you know what, I've heard the word and, and I've received the word today. I'm highly favored, but I've never been actually reconciled to it. I've never actually been in right relationship to it. Some of you are saying right now, like, what does this mean? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Sometimes God gives you a word that you, you, like, it doesn't describe your life right now, but you'll grow into it with God's help and he'll show you and he'll make your life favorable. And I just want to extend grace to you today. I want to extend this word to you today. And maybe God's just resonating in your heart. There's a moment that has been created for you right now. Don't miss the moment. And you just want to say, yes, Lord. Do you know that this passage right here that we just read is an important passage in the Catholic Church? They actually have a feast around this passage. And they call the feast the feast of the yes. I love it. Saying yes, saying yes to God. God, may it be unto me according to your word. Is there anyone here today, just by a show of hands, every head bowed, every eye closed, just by a show of hands today saying, hey, yeah, that's me. You just want to put your hand up. I see that hand. 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 I want to pray for us today. Father, we just say yes. We just say yes to the call. We say yes to the, to the word that is spoken over us. Even though it was spoken over Mary, God, we can claim it for ourselves because it was spoken over Jesus and because it was given to Jesus, everything that is his is now ours in Christ. And so, Lord, today I thank you for those who maybe came here and they didn't expect it. They didn't know it, but a moment just happened. And they received a word from the Lord today about themselves that they didn't know about themselves. That you have in your mind and you have in your heart for all of humanity is that you love us, you care for us, you have grace for us, and that you want to call us your own, that, that we are identified with you, that we are children of God, Lord. Thank you. Thank you so much for the word of the angel. Not just that Jesus is coming, but the word of the angel to us when he says, hey, you are highly favored. So we receive that today as a church. We receive that today as a people. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's transformative. Thank you that it sustains us. Thank you that it carries us. God, I want a word that carries me. So Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. And all of God's people said, 
Amen. Hey, can we put our hands together? People just made a decision for Jesus. Can we celebrate that today? Amen.